This is Monsteropolis, a show about legends, anomalies, monsters. I am your host, Andy Matsky. I am also the producer and showrunner of this show. And joining me to my right is my father, cryptozoology researcher, knowledge base, and all-around nice guy, Mark Matsky. Aw, thank you. And to Good his to right here. is Heather Mosier. Host of The Lore You Know, mm-hmm. researcher for Small Town Monsters, and other things. <laughs> Hi. Thanks for having me. Oh, good to have you back <laughs> on the show. <laughs> yeah. It's been an absence. You were gone for two weeks. We mm-hmm. talked about Bigfoot. You um, did. Yeah. And, uh... I'm familiar. We did, yeah, we did talk about that. And, um, so much we were told to back off. Yeah. Well, actually, they liked it so much, we're back. We were oh. interviewed on The Lore You Know. That's true. That was fun. That happened. Yeah. And we're going to go today in depth on something we sort of hinted at. We sort of alluded mm. to. Mm. Um, a but favorite not, story. Yeah. Favorite story. But not right now. Right now I want to tell you that this month is Kickstarter month. Back our Kickstarter. Do you like getting stuff for money? Sure. We all do. <laughs> so... Give That's us money, exchange. and we'll give you movies. I saw in the comments, not that I read the comments of our uh, YouTube videos, but I saw in the comments of our last episode that someone said, what, are we going to give you guys more money so then we can give money to you guys again to buy the movies? No, silly goose. <laughs> you you silly goose, you funny little you. If you give us money for the Kickstarters, we give you the movies. That's mm-hmm. how this works. Yeah. We're not mean also you said something about us going off and getting rich off of this <laughs> do, you, do you know what we do do you think we're gonna go get rich off this i know you see that kickstarter money and think wow it's a lot of money they're gonna go off and be millionaires well it's a hundred we're not even a hundred yet so how would we be hundred thousand dollars so how would we be millionaires also back the kickstarter you'll you'll really like it right well, yes, and we and we follow through. We followed through on every other Kickstarter we've ever done. Why would this be an exception? Why? Why? <laughs> Why one person on the internet? Because you're blowing oh. all of your newfound money. It's true. Riding around town, uh, down at the racetrack. Yeah, right. <laughs> down at the Medina County racetrack, huh? Yep. A wise man once huh. said, "You know, if somebody wants to give you money, let them." So if they want to yeah. back the Kickstarter and then buy more stuff, I we would not dissuade that you. person. <laughs> but in any event, you're receiving a good service, I would say. Yes. You, if for nothing, that you know you're providing for a good cause. Yeah. Us. They're Me. showing support, but also they're going to get really awesome rewards because we've got, well, that statue for one, oh that's goodness. like going out the door quickly. You could be an executive producer. Get your name in the opening credits. I don't even get my name in the opening credits of <laughs> movies I work on. <laughs> so, yeah. one up me. Yeah, oh, the hoodie. the hoodie. I'm super excited about that hoodie. Uh, shirts, stickers, postcards, are because you, we've got those stretch rewards. What were you going to say? Are you kidding mm-hmm. me? I'm not. No. Are you freaking kidding me? No. But wait, we're almost to stretch goal three, which is... A DVD combo between On the Trail of Bigfoot, The Last Frontier, Mm. and Beyond the Trail tie-in to 
on last Trail Frontier. Bigfoot, The Last Frontier, which I constantly <laughs> like on its name. Bigfoot Alaska movie and another Bigfoot Alaska movie. Together. All in mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding? It's going to be awesome. I'm going to lose my mind. If that happens, I will be so happy. Back so I can be so happy. <laughs> I am going to dare to ask what lies beyond that stretch goal. Mm. High fives for all backers. <laughs> really? <laughs> We make it to oh. 200 grand oh, and boy. I will drive around the country to all how many backers just high-fiving all of you. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> I asked. Yep. You answered. So you're in? I don't think there are. That, we don't we don't have anything announced right now. Well, I, I know. I thought it'd be funny. For you to like make something up? up? Yeah. Good. You did. We did it. Right there. <laughs> oh. And maybe I'll just give you a uh, old Skinwalker <laughs> Howl of the Rougarou shirt. Wow. <laughs> we, did, we gave those we, away before. You yeah, that's them. true. Yeah. They were giveaways because those are Kickstarter exclusives last year. Yep. They're not in the web store. You could for some reason. use a Sharpie and like make them one of a kind collector. Yeah, items. I'll get a, a fabric marker. And sign and I'll, it. I'll write my name on it mm-hmm. and I'll maybe draw a little picture mm. like this. Yeah. I'll hold it like a little kid holds a crayon mm-hmm. <laughs> or crayon, as some people say. Crayon. I do. Crayon. Yeah, were, crayon. You, were you about to make fun of that? Because I say crayon. Oh, I'm saying people say <laughs> crayon. Yeah. Or crayon <laughs> or crayon. You see, when we started this, we're like, we're going to be fine. We're not going to get off topic. And I no. said that sarcastically. Mm. <laughs> I was looking forward to going off topic. <laughs> Um, anyway, Kickstarter. Kickstarter, please back. Please. We'd really appreciate it. If you like what we do, you like this show, you like Beyond the Trail, you like Lore You Know, you like all our great YouTube content, back the Kickstarter, and you'll get cool stuff. I promise. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. Indeed. <laughs> so this week's episode. <coughs> yes is something that I feel is long in the making. It is. Um, This week's episode is about Night Siege, the UFO, the Northern Ohio UFO creature invasion, Mm. which is one of, if not my favorite cryptid story, collection of stories that there is. Why is that, sir? Well, let's get into it, and then you'll see. It will become well, evident. Before we do that, clearly. I am. I think for the sake of our listeners and, and our viewers, walk us through how you became cognizant of the Northern Ohio UFO Bigfoot connection. Well, um, you, Mark Matsky, had stumbled across it somehow, somewhere, in Monstropolis days, early Monstropolis yeah. days. And so we had a copy, a little printed out copy like this, um, sort of lying around our house. And so... What is that a copy of? This is a copy of the book, Night Siege. Mm. Who? The Northern Ohio U- UFO Cryptid Connection Invasion um, by Dennis Polichus. I don't know if that's how you say his last name. But that's how I will say his name throughout that, the rest of the show. That will be the standardized um, pronunciation. 
And yeah, this goes back to the uh, Beast of Bray Road shoot because that's where it falls in my in my photos. Really? Yeah, I got it off. I the only place I could find it was online, and so I just took screenshots of each page. Oh. That's what that is. I'm pretty sure. Or the I found that. That's the one you, you found. Yeah. But the one that I printed out was mm. just printed off screenshots because that's the only way you can get your hands on the book. It's out of print. So you haven't found a copy yet? I have not found a physical mm. copy of this book. I don't know if that's even possible at yeah. this point. It would have to be just. Oh. Not with this, but remind me about okay. physical copies. Um, All right. <laughs> and so it was lying around our house, and summer of 2020 hit. And mm. I was at my peak boredom. Wow. Even though Why? I had plenty. What was going on in the summer of 2020? Well, we had been all <laughs> locked in our houses for a while. <laughs> I couldn't drive. Mm. I was very, because I hadn't gotten my license yet. Um, and I was just at my wits end. <clears throat> Not actually. I was fine. But, um, and so <laughs> I, I remembered this, this, you know, printed out book that had been laying around our house. Mm -hmm. I was like, and I had never read it. I had just seen the like amazing cover that's the, behind us, but like this cover and being like, that's that's really cool. I wonder what that's about. And I, of course, am familiar with high strangeness stuff from Stan Gordon and all that. But um, I wanted to check it out. And so I did. And I was reminded of the fact that this happened near us. This happened in the county over from where I grew up. Mm. And uh, so I, I read it and was in awe mm. of what I read. I was blown away. It far exceeded my expectations. Because in Night Siege, you will find more of what I consider high strangeness than you will find anywhere else. You're talking about like UFOs and Bigfoot being seen at the same time, same location, in in large numbers, and also weird experiences with like electrical phenomenon and possible abduction and possible like possession and possible like well and stuff that is much more paranormal than it is cryptozoology like shadow people are basically seen nice and this story takes place in 1981 hmm. which i mean this i say story takes place this is reportedly to have happened it in 1981 what county again ashtabula ashtabula okay um which is the most northeast county of ohio mm-hmm Right there. But, On our map? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I got to use the maps if we have. But um, it takes place in Rome. And uh, Oh, and as my interest in uh, the story, you know, progressed, I'd, we have the internet. And so I could, you know, research from home and I, I found things. And for about like a week or two there, I was like really sort of obsessed with it, mm -hmm. trying to find anything I could related to it, um, getting in contact with people I knew who might know more, like Stan Gordon, reached out to him and asked him, like, what do you know about this? And sort of, that's how I came to know this story. And then later that summer, um, well, actually it wasn't too far after, long after all this, when I was first starting driving, because I started driving late, we drove out there 
to where this supposedly happened. I had done my research and I sort of had a clue of where, because most of this um, book takes place at one property, Mm -hmm. one homestead. I had pretty much gathered where I thought this was. It's never said in the book, but I'm pretty much positive I know... This, the rough area yeah. of where it mm-hmm. happened. I mean, it's they give a road and yeah. they give other geographic markers that's sort of hard to miss. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we drove out there and it was way more, this is sort of skipping ahead a bit, but it was way more like squatchy than I would have ever expected because Ashtabula is not rugged wilderness. But you, t- we get to the place where it is and it's this gravel road and that's covered with woods on either side. And I mean... I came to find out that there's also like a, a land conservancy, which is like a metro park basically, mm-hmm. on that road right near there and, and nice. surrounding it too. So it's a very, very wildernessy area. Mm-hmm. But the Grand River yep. has its origins near that area which And runs over or runs under the road and yeah. possibly can well, according to this, connects to the property. And I, I think that was part of the appeal mm-hmm. of this, too, is where we we lived in Painesville, where I lived in Painesville, there were the Grand Rivers there. The Grand River sort of snakes its way through northeastern Ohio and then eventually up into Lake Erie. Mm-hmm. And part of where it goes through is right through Painesville. Mm-hmm. So it was sort of, it was close to home and had, had connections, too. They're coming to take us yeah. away. <laughs> You're not supposed to talk about night yeah. siege. You said that the government wasn't involved. <laughs> Ooh. So should I get in into Yeah, you have the sharing. introduction there ready. Yeah. How it looks like. I'm going to share once they pass. <laughs> so what river, Grand River, you say? Yeah. That flows into Lake Erie? Yeah. Right. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the last community that it goes, it goes through is Fairport Harbor. Mm. It goes... But it's sort north, of, it goes, yeah, I think it starts so it north, flows. and then it, it flows. I mean, it's winding its whole way, and then it flows but west, and then it flows north. north yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And it's real, like, and it it, it snakes around. I mean, like, even where Did, we are, you sort of have to, like, it's weird because the Grand River Valley, it sinks in quite a bit immediately, and you sort of just look at it, and it snakes around. Are there other weird things that happen on Grand River? Not that I know really? of. Really? It seems like a place that should have. That's this is sort of a this is like a nice little squad aside, but yeah. that's the thing about Painesville that makes n- not no sense to me, but that drives me crazy is that it is the perfect spot for like a small town monster story. It's it it has its roots in the like 1800s. It was it was there were people settling there really early. Mm-hmm. It's a river town. It didn't really have, to my knowledge, a whole lot of like business on the river. But there's a river that runs right through it, and I don't think waters mix, so that might not be a mm-hmm. you know. But it's I mean Lake Erie and the Grand River mix. Yeah. So it's like there, and I think there's you know a good amount of like ghost stories. But when it yeah. comes to cryptids and Bigfoot, not really. There's there was a Bigfoot sighting in Painesville. Pain Outside, falls. Yeah, pain falls that yeah. I really don't buy that, but. Hmm. But that'd be the closest thing to a uh, uh, Grand River mm-hmm. area sighting that I'm aware of. Yeah. Right. Writing this down. So, Night Siege, the introduction. I'm just going to read it. This is 
by Dennis Polichus in December of 1981. Hmm. Night Siege is the result of four long months of investigation, collaboration, and outside consultation. Data has been collected in the form of extensive interviews and on-site recordings, all on cassette tape, plus extensive photographic documentation of ground effects and footprints of various kinds. The overall data on this series of events is very great. More than 15 people have witnessed these strange happenings, plus the author of Night Siege, and the assisting researchers have also seen the strange lights, the actual creatures, and related phenomena. This report does not by any means tell the whole story. There are many more things to be revealed, but due to the sensitivity of some data, it is still being evaluated and held pending for possible publication at a later date. Some of this data includes a possible abduction into a UFO-type craft by one member of the family, and an actual incident where a farmer had one of these creatures run right past him, close enough for him to stab the creature in the chest with his hunting knife. Never at any time has there been any evidence of outright hoaxing. To the contrary, the various forms of evidence as they are sorted out and evaluated further confirm staggering patterns of authenticity. The material in Night Siege is true. It happened as presented and does not, and does, no, and does continue to happen. Some, if not all, of what has happened is completely consistent with what was t- has taken place in other parts of the United States. These encounters are isolated, get very little, quote-unquote, public attention, with many details only known to researchers through private distribution. Many people do not have access to much of this sort of data for the threat of consistency to be woven these, case, these cases so tightly, around these cases so tightly, for it only to function as coincidence is extremely unlikely. When I first came on the scene, I found obvious things right off that substantiated their story as presented. There were two... La- Wait, why is it... Yeah. Why is he just start into... Why is he just starting to... Th- See, here's the thing. This was... Describing... <laughs> this is a, a self... Substantiating. Yeah. Yeah. There were two ladders up against the family house. Up on the roof were coffee cups, flashlights, and coats. The yard was covered with spent shotgun shells. The family was in a great state of aggravation and stress. The family appeared to be honest, troubled, and confused but what they, by what they were going through. The material you are about to read is presented to you with honesty, with honestly is what it says, yeah, it's right. with honesty and truth. The data has not been sensationalized, as the nature of this report is sensational enough by just saying with the actual facts of the matter, by staying with just the actual facts of the matter. When I first met the family, I did not bring up the terms Bigfoot, aliens, or UFOs. I did not even introduce myself as a Bigfoot slash UFO investigator. I told the family I was a local person from the area and interested in the strange goings on. I was not the time. It was, I was, yeah, I was not the time. It was not the time for such subject matters to be injected into the interviews. I felt it was best for the people involved to tell what they had to tell in their own way at the time. Later, after the case has been established and it was obvious what we had in the situation, did I inform them the fam did I inform them the family of some whoa. Dennis, you got a he should have had a better editor of some past incidents that had taken place in Ohio and other areas. 
with this report now published and all the past data, it is obvious there is a very disturbing pattern in linkage of paranormal and UFO activity. Paranormal UFO slash Bigfoot activity taking place all over the United States. Read Night Siege with an open mind, for in this case, the truth is stranger than fiction. So, as you were reading that, it reminded me of M.V. Ingram's intro for The Bell Witch, where he basically says, It is not the purpose of the writer to present a romance for the entertainment of lovers of fiction, nor to establish a theory to please the fancy of adherence of so-called theosophy, but simply to record events of historical fact, sustained by a powerful array of incontrovertible evidence as mm. it comes to hand, testifying to the most wonderful phenomenon the world has any account of, a visitation known as the Bell Witch. Um, the writer is aware of the fact that the average person of today skews the belief in the existence of witches, ghosts, and apparitions as a relic of past superstition and as a subject of ridicule. Nevertheless, specters stalk the earth today. And he goes into it, but it's the, it just echoes of that yeah. intro. That's, that's yeah. Anyway. But yeah, that, that <clears throat> intro I just re-read, re-read today, mm-hmm. and I sort of had forgotten that he brings up points that I sort of gathered from reading it, which is, there are connections to other high strangeness stories and other stories that have been reported that weren't publicly released. And so that for this to be coincidence would be highly unlikely. Mm-hmm. Question for you. I know you did lots of research on this story. What did you find out about Dennis Polichus? Very, very little. He, um, he started um, a UFO investigative group um, he was a part of that, and the name of that escapes me. The first, it's in in here somewhere, mm-hmm. but that was in Cleveland, and was it's sort of a big deal. It's on that page. Yeah. Um, it's down UFO the Information Network. The the other thing about that particular mm-hmm. thing that caught my attention, and I don't know that this is true, but I want to research this now, is that he has associated. He says he has associates throughout the world and shares and distributes information and research through the Page Research That's Library. What it is. That's what he started, I have, I believe. Yeah, and that if I'm not sure that this is the case, but it almost has to be Tom Page, who was the mentor, Ohio-based oh, yeah. millionaire who was bankrolling like Roger Patterson mm-hmm. and some of these other big Bigfoot names. What is really intriguing to me is to find out what the connection might have been between Page and Polichus, but unfortunately, Page passed away just a handful of years ago. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure that this is information that we'll be able to get. And I'm not on. sure if if Polichus is alive still, is right. living. Um, All there it, is it, in Night Siege is a PO box, yeah, right? And there. I didn't really feel like reaching out. This, again, was like COVID. So that sort of was part of that was I don't really know if I want to explore this too much because even if I do get him on the phone, it's like that's only one part of this. Um, The the thing that you're sort of jumping into the story, Mm -hmm. I want to say, is that this all kicks off because of a newspaper report. Um, I, I should have done more research into this, and I think it says in here somewhere, but um, this mentions a newspaper report. Um, I think it, sa- it says there's something down Johnson Road. I have pictures of it somewhere. 
But um, the thing that that's true about this is that um, that's mentioned in in Night Siege somewhere. And when I first read it, I was extremely like skeptical of of everything because mm-hmm. of how like sensational the yeah. story is. And I was able to um, substantiate the fact that this newspaper report happened that um this indeed like happened at, at a time when this wasn't connected to Polichus yet because I don't want to sound like rude but my sort of assumption is if this guy's making everything up mm-hmm. like where do we start and and Polichus in the story talks about the fact that it's this newspaper report that um that brought him to the the case might have found it. Hey, talk. Hey, oh. talk. Well, yeah. Well, this was uh, a research trip that we took over. Or that, mm-hmm. that, yeah, we were together on this, right? The Rome Library yeah. has what is it? The Valley News was yeah, the local the newspaper. Val- hey, look at you remembering. I didn't remember. <laughs> then that was all. Uh, I mean, they have. This is one of those very small local libraries that still has, like regular size bound editions of their local newspaper going back decades. Nice. So when Andy's talking about this as a source, Mm -hmm. it's the actual copy of the newspaper and they're in these like library bound Mm -hmm. editions by decade or by year. Yeah. Just collecting all of them. That's awesome. And so what, what you're saying, Andy, is that Polichus saw the paper report. He saw the paper. And that's what got him onto the, the trail of this story. Yeah, that that's it. Oh, is awesome. um, it's strange beast roams in Rome. Oh, I see what they did there. Oh. Yep, <laughs> the binding sort of obscures most of it, but it talks about the Rome family has reported a large, mysterious animal roaming around its home and terrorizing horses and other livestock. The family on Johnson Road reported that it shot at the black animal, describing it between seven to nine feet tall. Mm. Um, sheriff deputies did not find any animal. Like, they called sheriffs, and they went out, and I think that article continues. But that's that's the article that, that kicked it off, supposedly. Um, and so to find that, I think it's, it's in the June 1st, article i had found the june volume of the book yeah and so to open it and see it was confirmation that okay some of this actually happened right this isn't just a story someone wrote up somewhere and that you know that became this whole thing this is real and there's other mentions to it Mm -hmm. in that and i think i'll bring up some of those later so you want to get into like an actual story from politius's work Yes, please. Um, this is taken from page seven of Night Siege. Um, it's from June 25th, 1981. And sort of the heading is in quotes, and it said, It was a black form on all fours with red glowing eyes and was after the ducks. Late this night, Robert and his boys noticed the ducks were acting up in the front yard. But... The pine tree near the house. By the pine tree. I like how... Anyways. We're acting up in the front yard by the pine tree near the house. 
they saw a quote-unquote thing in the front yard. It had two big red glowing eyes, was on all fours, and was after the ducks at the time of discovery. On the trail of Bigfoot, the discovery? <laughs> the movie? How would that work? Anyways, there was no body detail, just a black form with two big red glowing eyes. One of the boys shined the flashlight in its eyes as Robert shot it with a 410. See, I'm not good with guns. <laughs> but hey, 4 10 shotgun, single shot, period. <laughs> the creature screamed and went, quote unquote, flying down the field in a westernly direction. The quote unquote scream was described as one moment. Described as one moment. See, I don't know when I read it wrong or when it's written weird, mm. and it really messes with my head, was a, at one moment a high pitch, the next moment a low pitch. It was a terrifying scream. Mm. So I don't know if that means that simultaneously probably it was high and low or if it was going like, uh-oh, I'm going to go, it's probably simultaneously, <laughs> yeah. and that's what was so unnerving about it. Are you sure? Amongst other things. Could you imagine you see, okay, no, my, in your mind's eye, you see... <laughs> This form with red glowing eyes mm. chasing your ducks. <laughs> okay. Shoot it. And then it goes, mm. uh, 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 uh. I think I'd be horrified. That's a fun night right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Anyways. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the thing that, that grabs your attention, grabs my attention about this, is you've got this... It's formless, but it has enough form to say it's on all fours. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, which is it? But then I think certainly the red eyes are the things that are fixated on, which makes sense. I mean, of anything, that's going to be where your attention is drawn to. And then it continues. Robert said he knew he hit it because he shot it right between its red glowing eyes. Before he could get off a second shot, it was out of gunshot range. They lost sight of it but could still hear it screaming going down through the family field. The estimated size of the critter was seven to eight feet tall. The family was naturally upset by this encounter and stayed up most of the night wondering if this thing was going to come back. So this kind of sets a pattern, right? Yeah. I mean, this, this is sort of the night siege pattern, hmm. is they see... A weird form or creature. Mm -hmm. They shoot at it. Mm. It goes away. Okay. But not even it goes away. But like they see it, they shoot at it. That it, seems to be the pattern of this. Is it always doing something or they just happen to see it? Like, or is it always after animals or um, just lurking around the house? Sometimes it's just lurking. I honestly, I think this is probably one of the few examples where it seems to have a motive. Mm. Um, most of the time, it just seems that they're coming out of the woods and coming towards the house. Never, th there's never any activity in the house. There is. Okay. There's, um, <laughs> in in going through for today, I was reminded that at one point, and I might have marked it, I might not have. Oh, I think it's actually something like I omitted for one the larger portion of what I want to read. But um, the the husband of the family goes down into the basement. And their fuse box is like smashed in. Oh, inside their house. That's that's and terrifying. They <laughs> don't know why. They don't know what did it. And there's something that's like, 
they say like the amount of force it would have taken to do such thing was yeah um it was learned later that well this is this is some that's something else but yeah it's yeah so how <clears throat> how you said it it seemed more squatchy area when you went there to check it out but like how isolated is this house um i don't know for a fact where the house was or is best estimate my best estimate is that this is a pretty remote stretch of road okay um this is way out in the country mm. uh if it is where i think it is their nearest neighbors are probably a mile or two away okay so you're not seeing like, the neighbors through the woods or yeah, anything this is like that. not a subdivision of its day this mm-hmm. is out um part of the surrounding area today is um one of the last remaining is it hemlock swamps yeah I believe so. mm. mm-hmm. in the country oh wow um that's it's it's cool. you know what used to be this whole sort of n- northern part of ohio and like a lot of it and into indiana with the great black swamp mm-hmm. it's one of the last like this used to be thousands of acres and it's now down to a couple like or a dozen um that's you, you that's in a neighborhood that area yeah, yourself I've, right yeah and didn't you tell me that there's rattlesnakes there or oh. there's some signage yeah. that indicated there's rattlesnakes yeah because usually you hear I th- i'm yeah ohio's like not you know we don't have any yeah that's not true but yeah I, yeah th- they do say that so i remember what you used to say <clears throat> when you came back from that you were like, oh, yeah, they have, uh, there's rattlesnakes here. You have to watch out. Yeah, it's out like there's it. a sign that says, like, if you hear it, you it's better too late. watch out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it is remote. Mm. It's fairly Dirt remote. road. There's, there are other houses on that road. There are other people around. But this is, and the thing is, this all takes place around Rome Township. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with Rome proper Ohio. That's in another part of the state. Mm. Um, and Rome Township doesn't have a lot. I'm glad you distinguished that because I was thinking it was Rome, Ohio. Like, Mm -hmm. oh yeah, not that I have ever heard of Rome, Ohio. I just assumed that that's what you meant. If you Rock Creek is another, yeah, that's the other locator. That's the thing I haven't mentioned yet is that um, the the majority of this book spends time at the Johnson residence. Mm-hmm. It's sort of inconsistent whether that's a pseudonym for the family's last name or the first name of the husband. Um, and <laughs> I just got really excited. If you've got a name, yeah. we can find the house yeah. but, is all I'm um, saying. Cause I've gone through court records or courthouses yeah, and, and I'd like that. your help with that. That'd be yeah, fun. No problem. We'll find but, it. Um, that's, that's actually a lot easier than you think. But, and you had uh, an ingenious, in my opinion, way of trying to determine the location you'll have to tell Heather. I'll tell you off, off air. air. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's easy, but um, <laughs> I don't. It's just something I wouldn't. It's what was I saying? probably similar oh, to what yeah. I tried to do for Seth for uh, <laughs> UFOs when I was looking at one of the authors, and I'm like, I, if you want to get to this hill, I'm pretty sure I can figure it out mm-hmm. based on X, Y, and Z in, <laughs> yeah. in the text. Yeah. But um, the the Night Siege book spends the majority of its time talking about this property, and mm-hmm. then. A, another substantially smaller part of the book talking about a Bigfoot sighting that happened in the seventies, I believe that was in rock Creek, which is nearby Mm -hmm. a few miles away. Um, 
and uh, that story is significantly less interesting. I mean, it's a, it's a very typical Bigfoot story, and I'm sure it was very real to the person it happened to. I don't want to like diminish that, but my research into this this book has been the other stuff. Yeah, but I have spent some time in Rock Creek. I've spent some time at their library, just bumming around. They don't have like historical stuff there. But, um, Wasn't there? I, I this is a, this dim recollection that at some point Polichus had a library um, he, display in one of these small. He had libraries. a presentation, Aww. I believe, at Rock Creek. Okay, and I I came across it when I was looking through the photos on here. Yeah, there's a picture of it, and it's actually from that that um. I have on a pretty strong guess. I have a pretty, I'm pretty confident that he knew of Stan Gordon's UFO research. Whether Stan knew of that at the time, mm -hmm. he had heard through channels of what was going on in Pennsylvania because that said, he said, it said mm -hmm. that he shared cases from, I think it goes into as much detail as Western Pennsylvania. He shared details from Western Pennsylvania about similar cases. Mm -hmm. um, and that also happened. I was just looking at that happened while this was happening. That was a, a published display of his, like a picture of it yes. was July 20 or 31st in the, the Valley news. And this, the, the report I just read was in June and the report I'm about to read was in August. Okay. Um, again, I don't think I've clearly said this, this, the, the main night siege stuff happened during the summer of, um, 1981. Mm-hmm which is partially why this is so interesting to me because we see the seventies yep. as that's when things got weird, which we just talked about this on Monstropolis last week or the week before that it's, that's really wasn't the case is that weird stuff was happening since the start, but maybe, you know, not to the extent of the seventies, but um, that's what caught my attention. One of the things that caught my attention at first is this is just out of that. It's sort of into this, new era mm -hmm. that well this might be then the perfect time to talk about this because the there's a huge point of connection between Polichus's book and Stan Gordon and that is that the foreword to Night Siege is written by a Bertold Schwartz who was a psychologist and he's credentialed in various ways academically um, medical doctor as well and uh, Bertold Schwartz was involved in interviewing the main witness in the Uniontown, Pennsylvania, uh, UFO Bigfoot sighting. Mm. Uh, he extensively interviewed, uh, quote-unquote, George Lutz, who had the sighting of the, um, the, big, the two Bigfoot creatures coming towards him, and he shot at them, and they mm. disappeared. So Schwartz is the one who's called in and is evidently well-known by Stan Gordon because the two of them collaborated on that investigation. And he is the one who writes the foreword for Night Siege. Wow. And he, he references, in sort of a, a roundabout way, the stuff that he had done with Stan Gordon and mm -hmm. says this is a lot like what is happening in other places. He never goes super specific, but mm -hmm. when you know the name... Yeah, you know that those. Yeah. that's how these two situations are linked by you know was it like seven or eight years uh, a gap in time between Uniontown and Rome Township. 
So before we get too much farther, I do want to say that uh, if you want to hear me talk more about Night Siege, oh, yes. uh, one of two Andy Matsky solo podcasts that exist um, under somewhere in Ohio is all about this. And I go more into detail <laughs> about sort of the connections between yeah. uh, the Uniontown incident and an, another incident detailed in Night Siege. And what's this podcast called again? Somewhere in Ohio. Nice. Is that like an NFT? Nope. It's a <laughs> podcast. It's like what we're doing now. I know. But I mean, it's like super collectible. There's only two. There's only two in a trailer. <laughs> That's that all that exists. Players. Players. Players than any of the others. Mm-hmm. So um, I am going to uh, now share another uh, longer uh, case Account? accounts. That's it. <laughs> that from Night Siege. Uh, I have abridged it some. Like I've sort of cut some parts out, and I might cut <laughs> some more out. But hey, we'll see. Cause like I don't know if I want to read that whole page. But this is I'll, good. Pass it to me. This is some good stuff. I'll point out my little notations. Like X means don't, and circle <laughs> asterisks means start here. Bail out here. And <laughs> What is, if it's in pen, ignore it. (coughs) So, on August 13th, 1981, I got a most welcome call from Willard McIntyre. Well, I was asking (laughs) Willard. Yes. I didn't think Willard was a problem word. There's an I. There's an I in a weird spot, so I just wanted to make sure it wasn't like Willard. You could say Williard. You know, is it Williard? I don't know. I don't want to say Williard. I just like that McIntyre. Like, why would you ask about Willard? It's just a name. It's an I in a weird spot. Hey, it might be a typo. That's very true. I mean, it sounds like there are typos in this transcript. No, this is a perfect book. Okay. Um, So, Williard. McIntyre. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Mr. McIntyre. He was recently back from his Bigfoot trip across the country and still had not been able to get over his intense experiences in Rome back on July 6th. That's, hey. Going on his yeah, cross-country Bigfoot ramble. Yeah. Willard. Um, <laughs> you dog. Mr. McIntyre. <laughs> um... We had talked for the last week or so before he sent the letter regarding further action to try and intensify any possible results we could obtain from the Rome, Ohio critter invasion. Mm. Mm. Technical term. In his letter, he suggested we try different lures and to try and get these creatures on film. He said he could bring tape recordings of duck and of rabbit screaming, Uh plus... That's horrible sounding. I'm just yeah. He's just got him on tape. Uh, it's... Um, plus, he could bring three live rabbits that would be staked out in some appropriate location, hoping the creatures would run out and try to get the rabbits. This in... is like the Jurassic Park. Setting, yeah, the, <laughs> setting the goat out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Inside <laughs> the rabbits would be a capsule of cyanide. These capsules could only be That's broken. Worse. <laughs> <laughs> That's worse. Wow. Um, 
inside. Uh, yeah. These capsules could only be broken if the if the rabbit is eaten alive. I don't know how that works, but okay. <laughs> they can't cook the rabbit first. For the overall protection of the team, he also said he would bring along a case of flares, a cylinder of pression, pressionized, pressurized hydraulic acid, hydrofluoric acid? Whoa, a cylinder of pressurized hydrofluoric acid. I just like actually read that for the first time. Loaded guns of various power, <laughs> and if all else failed, a... See, he puts four zero dot zero zero, and I don't know what that yeah. means. A forty, a forty to the second, you know, decimal place crucifix. I'm gonna interpret that as like forty dollars. Like that's how much they a spent. A forty dollar crucifix. <laughs> yeah, I think what it's else would forty it be? inches. <laughs> we had discussed the possibility that this phenomena might be demons. Aha, uh-huh. and. That might sound like way out there, but if you read the rest of the story, that actually kind of makes sense because hmm. they see something. They see at one point what appears to be the family horse out in the field, but the family horse is locked away in their barn and it's not their horse. And so it's real weird. And mm-hmm. they see other things like that, like the shadow people stuff all the time. Um, so I'm going to skip along. They're joined by Larry Peters um, on this journey. So, we came back to Roberts and they and Larry and Dennis and and Williard. Um, I'll go and talk to local police on and stuff, and then they come back. Um, we came back to Roberts' property about eight p.m. Willard, our Williard, and Larry. Willie. Just call him Willie. Willie, Ooh, yeah. Willie, and Larry that got it. the rabbits ready. They were staked out in an open field, which we had Robert plow beforehand. The rabbits were tied with 1,200-pound test parachute cord, one end around a back foot, the other in a metal milk crate. You're right about the milk crates. You know a milk crate when you see one. Um, something about my dad. I always say he knows a milk crate when he sees one. <laughs> a tape loop of rabbit screaming was prepared and used to try and attract the creatures. About 9.30 p.m., just as we had set up everything and were ready to go, all hell broke loose. Dun, dun, dun. There were five of us, myself, Larry Peters, Willie McIntyre, Robert, and a f- friend of the family named Cliff. Almost all of us from different locations saw big red glowing eyes coming up on the wood line. As many as six sets of at one time. At the same time, down by the gas well, a form was seen moving out into the open and then moving back into the woods. The six sets of red glowing eyes came up to the wood line as if they were going to make a dash for one of the rabbits. At the same time this was going on on the wood line directly in back of the house, white glowing lights could be seen. The quote-unquote phantom flashlight beams. Yeah, and then he goes on to describe how the family had seen these phantom flashlights um, before. And does it say it here? Um, seen numerous times. No, I'm pretty sure because uh, that may sound like, what do you mean, phantom flashlights? Those are just flashlights, Dennis. Um, I'm pretty sure they shot at the flashlights. 
Now, so didn't like, they have like a blue cast? Like yeah, and I think they saw light? people carrying them as well, and they shot at those people. Yeah. So if this was a hoaxer, the hoaxers lost their mind. <laughs> all this was observed at different locations as we were not together. We all got a little panic-stricken at this point, as this was the closest we had come to feeling we were honestly being invaded. Thankfully, depending on how you look at it, the manifestations leveled off about 10.30 p.m. Uh, Robert's cow... Oh, no, I don't want to talk about the... Uh, Let's talk about the cow. Mm. Cows, uh, <coughs> cow gets attacked. Blah 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 blah. And there's numerous, um, like mutilation things yeah. happening. Yeah, Larry wow. Peters. Oh, that's what I I passed over. Is Larry Peters is an expert in cattle mutilations, according to this. He's like done a lot of research into it. Interesting, Mr. Peters. That's another rarity in this area: mm-hmm. cattle mutilations. And there's stories right at the beginning of Night Siege where Amish had horses, mm-hmm. I think, down in a they were in an area, and yeah. the side of the horse had been slashed mm. by something, and they didn't want to talk about what had caused the caused the cuts. Yeah. Robert and members of the family went back to the pole barn and tried to light the area better while. Williard, our Willie, kept a lookout with his rifle. Willie saw a black form step out of the woodline, opening, woodline opening, in the back of the property. It did not look any bigger than a normal human body. Willie yelled at the form, Are you a human or animal? The form responded with some grunting sounds. Hmm. Willie fired. The form screamed and yelled and ran off into the woods. I was up front of the house with Larry Peters at this time, I ran back to where the others were and asked what the heck was going on as I heard something weird as well as shooting. Willie's shooting incident was totally confirmed and documented by three other people that were with him. Not only that, Willie and I walked back to the woodline opening, hoping, woodline opening. Why is that so difficult for me to read? If you have any clue, comment below. (laughs) Um, Woodline opening to find footprints. We found none, but we clearly heard something in the woods whimpering as if in pain. Whoa. It's because they kept shooting at things. They shot a person. (laughs) Um, Throughout the entire night, we were tape recording while sightings took place, photographing and documenting to the best of our ability. Uh... By now, it was 1 a.m. Some of the rabbits were making noises and were afraid of activity out back. Was a distraction. Oh. What? Some of the rabbits were making noises and we. Haha. There we go. (laughs) English is hard, guys. And we were afraid the activity out back was a distraction to get us away from the rabbit trap. We all gathered together near the house as usual, frustrated, confused, and totally overwhelmed by what we were once again witnessing. A set of red glowing eyes were observed way back in the woods beyond the rabbit trap. Willie and I decided to go down the road to approach the woods on the other side, hoping to see something up close. Um, the two family cats joined them. And they, <laughs> Did they, they survive? I think so. Okay, they good. were having fun, and then the cats get scared, and they smell something bad. Mm. The most dramatic change came from the cats. The very minute this took place, it was Obvious, the cats heard and reacted to the loud yell heard. Oh, they heard a howl. That's the other thing. 
Um, and the cats get real spooked. Mm-hmm. Um, what else is there here? Um, basically, the I'm going to summarize this <laughs> and say um, that they that they go, they all go back to bed. They all like gather together and they go to bed, sort of calm down and relax. And then when they wake up, they notice the left rabbit was gone. The metal milk crate it was tied to was over on its side. The 1,200-pound test parachute cord was snapped in half. The rope looked like it had been exploded out. A mysterious deep impression was found next to the crate. It looked like the front part of a large five-toed foot. It was very deep in the ground. There were Bigfoot-type prints five-toed all around the crate with the missing rabbit. Some prints measured 18 inches long. We fell from... We feel, man, reading. We feel from putting all the pieces together that a creature had for some reason put its foot on the crate to hold it down, snapping the cord with its hands. Its foot slipping off the crate tipped it over, putting the front part of its foot into the ground in the process. Um, the footprints are consistently large, and then later, for um, unreal, unrelated business, uh, Dennis is at the regional forensic laboratory and he brings along with him. That's in his own words. He says for unrelated business mm-hmm. and he brings along the cord and like it confirms that it was snapped uh-huh. and not with like a knife. Not or cut. Anything. Yeah. yeah. Got it. So there's that story. Um, that was from August 21st and 22nd. Um, there's more. That's like, this is two of probably a dozen or so stories that are in this tome. Um, Clearly, they never found a body of the Bigfoot no, that took the rabbit that was poisoned. Yeah, they didn't. Sadly. Oh, there's a picture of his one presentation. Oh, yeah. Right there. Um, yeah. So, um, <clears throat> that's all I got for this week's episode. Oh, it's also mentioned that... Uh, they they found a lot of three-toed tracks. That was mm-hmm. from some newsletter. And oh, a that. newsletter. Okay, I was like, what are the odds they're talking about Bigfoot and Champ on the yeah. same page of <laughs> right. some newspaper? Yeah. But a newsletter, that makes sense. So are sense. we going to return to Night Siege? Because there's so much more. Maybe. Maybe Heather and I will research it a bit more. and yeah, We'll go. I'll, we'll find that house. That would be spectacular. Yeah. Because, I mean, it gets to the point where not only are they shooting at... Mm-hmm. Dark figures, but yeah. UFOs, yeah. And strange lights as yeah. they're flying over the rooftop of the house are just and the UFOs unloading fire back a mysterious beam. Oh, like on these people? Did they have long term um, like health issues or anything? Or they might. I don't know. This was written uh, like right. ye- not even a year after this happened. This was like written in December of eighty one. That's when the introduction's written, and that's when. I think this was published was sometime around then. And you said you've looked into this author? A little. He's still alive? I don't know. Not sure. I'm not sure. We'll see. Seems like something we should find out. Yeah. Andy. Agreed. And we'll get, we'll get back to you here on Monster Hunt. Um, 
So is, are we good? Yeah, yeah that's, think, that's great. <laughs> are we good? <laughs> are you good, Zach? Yeah. Uh-uh. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, no, I'm great. Oh, great. How are you? How are you? Hey, you know what, though? We could use a letter or two. Yeah. We haven't Send gotten a letter in a letters, long time. Please. Mm-hmm. Monstropolismail at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Please. Please. Yeah. Um, like, comment, subscribe, follow, like, share, comment, like. Again. Come, <laughs> come back again. Monstropolis <laughs> is on 97.1 in Wadsworth. If you're listening, I hope you have a great day. Even if you're not listening on that, it's fine. (laughs) Bye. We wish good things for you, too.